Hello and welcome to Red Nets, the official podcast of Empire of the Cop. We've got two great wins to celebrate. There's the big one, of course, uh, with the League Cup and a tense finish on a penalty shootout, which we'll be discussing first. And then shortly afterwards, our fifth round 2-1 win over Norwich City. Bit more routine, but let's start with the exciting stuff first. I've got a few guests here uh, to welcome you all. Uh, we've got Mick Moran of the Copites, uh, very own Peter Kenny Jones, and a new special guest, Daz O'Connor of the Liverpool Connection podcast. Uh, thank you very much for coming on, Daz. How are you doing? I am good. I'm, I'm still looking for Kepa's football. <laughs> Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Yeah. Someone was lucky enough to, to take it with them. It's a nice little memento that they'll be able to have and share their grandkids. Um, but yeah, Daz, I'm, I'm, I'm going to start off with you first. I mean, the Carabao Cup's obviously been done to bits and rightly so. You know, a tremendous, tremendous uh, game. Probably the best uh, nil all any of us will ever really see for the next decade or so, perhaps even longer. Um, I just want to throw a little potential curveball at you because, you know, a lot's been made about what that final could do for our season. But hypothetically, if we'd got that far to the shootout, you know, and Kepper had put his away or for whatever reason, one of our lot had missed theirs and, and Chelsea had gone out and won it. I mean, do you reckon it would have severely sort of damaged our potential chances of further silverware this season? No, no, no chance. Um, th- this team's on a roll. Uh, again, and, you know, you, you talk about, I mean, Tuchel obviously didn't say the pen, penalties is, is like a lottery, um, but, but to me it is. Uh, so, I mean, if we would have lost it, I don't think the advantage would have gone from from the team. The team is so together um, and fighting on four fronts as well. I mean, how can you not be, you know, just ready to go? Uh, that that's why you know the Norwich and with West Ham coming up, uh, I've I just feel it's our our season to to make history. Absolutely, no, absolutely. Uh, Mick, first I'm going to throw you a far easy question. Welcome again, Mick. It feels it feels like you're part of the the family now, aren't you? But you've made a few few appearances, haven't you? Yeah, I think we said last time when we stopped recording the fifth Beatle. I'll take it. Yeah. I'll take it. <laughs> no, you're, you're very, you're very, very welcome. It's lovely to have you on. Um, as I say, we're, I'm going to throw you a slightly um, easier question than the one I um, unceremoniously ceremoniously tossed at Daz's way. Um, but, you know, look, looking at sort of the impact, I mean, it meant so much to the players. A lot's been made of, of the League Cup as being that sort of, you know, a, a bit of a shit trophy, the Mickey Mouse trophy. But it, it just wasn't the case for Klopp. It wasn't the case for the players. And even more importantly, it wasn't the case for the fans. Um, absolutely lifted the roof off Wembley when Kepa's uh, ball went flying over the crossbar. Um, how much of an impact could that have for the rest of the season? Can this supercharge our potential efforts to, you know, go further in the FA Cup and, you know, uh, get ahead of the likes of City in the in the Premier League and beyond? Hopefully. I mean, I mean, any any small catalyst can can help, uh, especially a team as good as as good as ours, to be honest. I think when you're in the early stages of the Carabao, you're not thinking, oh, I'd love to go and win the Carabao. But the, the further you get, you're like, well, if we do win this, then it's going to be a, a good little booster. And I, th- I think I saw an interview with Klopp, actually, about, with the ce- after the celebration, saying he just felt like it was a it was a similar feeling to the Champions League final in terms of how he felt in terms of winning it. So I think any trophy is good. The fact we didn't win it, first time winning it for, what, 10 years? So it was nice to get it get it over the line, and I think this squad it helps them as well in terms of obviously we've won two of the big ones recently, but to win that one 
kind of gives us a little nod to say we can still win stuff because the squad's still good. Obviously, we're going to come on to Norwich or whatever and 10 changes, but it just the squad's in a really good place at the moment in terms of um, depth. And I think that's a, that's a, don't you, you didn't used to really use that word on Twitter that long ago because everyone just jumps on it saying depth FC and whatever else, and we haven't got enough depth. And, and now you look at the squad and we have. So we've got more than enough to challenge on all fronts and, and winning the Carabao is hopefully the first of, of many for this squad because there's obviously the likes of Louis Diaz and, and Jota and newer players who haven't who haven't won anything yet so the fact that they've now got one in the, in the bank that kind of gives them a bit of um, energy and a bit of um, a bit of food for thought in terms of they want to go and win some more so hopefully it can be a, be a very good catalyst for us I mean there'll be a few now who can finally touch the uh, this is Anfield sign uh, in the tunnel but I mean you mentioned the D word there. It's it's an interesting one because it seems to have almost popped up out of nowhere. Injuries have dissipated and, and suddenly there's acknowledgement that, oh, Liverpool actually do have a pretty decent uh, squad, um, you know, you're looking at sort of the likes of Taki Minamino, who you know was caught mentioned after the you know the game in the Carabao Cup. You know how you know he, he made decisions he had to make, he had to put the team he had to put out. But it, it's gutting, you know, for the likes of players like Taki Minamino, like Divock Origi, who have contributed in the domestic cups that they were um, they did miss out on that you know big game. Um, I mean, Pete, we, we saw the Norwich game, and of course Taki Minamino struck again uh, to two superbly taken goals especially that that last sort of sliced half volley um, I mean what were your sort of impressions from that Norwich game and um, oh, 750 goals as well under the Jurgen Klopp regime it, it did feel maybe a little bit like a hangover from the final obviously when we won 2-1 but I think we did definitely deserve to but I do think it was a bit you know it was a bit flat maybe and a few players looking like the, you know, you might have thought that they'd have been upset they didn't start the final. But I think, you know, if you look at the way that like Curtis Jones, I thought was was really good and the way that you know he wasn't in the squad and he's he's gone and put himself back in the in the limelight and he does every time. He never shies away from it. He never looks like he just wants to play an easy pass. He's desperate to impress and get in the team. And when you've got people like him and Minamino and Simicast up at all so determined to get in the attitude they've all got is great obviously it's it's all thanks to Klopp for for what he's done but they're, they're all competing for places but it doesn't look like they hate the person in front of them it just looks like they're desperate to be the person in front of them which I think is testament to what as I say what Klopp's doing and it's great that they've got the, the Cups to do it because I think you know years gone by you might think oh, I'm in the Cup team that means he doesn't think much of me but now they've they've gone and won it at Wembley they realise you know what we if we do it again in this competition We'll go and get another few big games, probably get to play at Wembley. And that semi-final against Arsenal in the League Cup, you know, I don't think anyone expected it to be as exciting as it was maybe. And when we scored those two goals, I don't think there were many people at like what Mick said, oh, Klopp celebrating like a Champions League game, scored like Jota's goals against Arsenal away. Right? I don't think, you no, know, we've celebrated many goals more this season. So I think if you win a cup, it's it's massive and it's the easiest way to win them is the FA Cup and the League Cup. Obviously, if we keep coming 10th and we're winning the Cups, we wouldn't be too happy, but we've got the squad now to deal with fighting on all four fronts and fingers crossed we can win as many of the four as possible, which is what everyone's saying, but why not do it? And you know, when you've got people like Minamino and, and Simicass and all the rest who played yesterday, who, want to go, who are good enough to go and win a Cup, then, then let's, let's do it. Let's have our second string go and win another trophy for us. 
No, absolutely. Well said. I mean, I mean, you mentioned another name there, Costa Simicas, and you know, I mean, we, we could talk for days about him. But you know, the quality that lad has, you know, as a backup to Andy Robertson is is pretty pretty tremendous. You know, all being said, I, I really want to to focus on. Minamino, obviously, you know, as as the goal scorer does, but you know, if you look at his numbers, I mean, I know um, Mick and I we discussed this on the Copite uh, earlier, um, but if you look at sort of his numbers, does you know, ten goal contributions in twenty two games after that two one victory over Norwich. Admittedly, seven goals come in the cups, but if you're looking, you know, at a player like Minamino, who is ultimately a squad player, you know, he's he, He's not really going to get into that starting lineup um, for your, you know, your Premier League and your Champions League games beyond the likes of Diaz, Salah, Mane, Jota, Firmino. Uh, that's a pretty impressive goal rate. I think it's 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 a goal. Uh, I think on his minutes played this season, it's a goal, um, a goal every under about eighty five minutes. I think that's pretty impressive, isn't it? Well, I mean, he's he's scored seven goals in eight starts, and uh, I was reading one of his stats. He scored with every shot on target in the domestic cups. I mean, that's mad. Uh, and, and, and he gets so much praise from the rest of the team. He's a shy lad. But I mean, you know, I, I heard uh, Milner's interview yesterday. It was like, everyone is chuffed to bits for Taki. And, you know, and, and to me, he looks like he's put a bit of muscle on. You know, he's not getting pushed off the ball like he was last season. Um but what I, what I love about Taki, though, he looks like, you know, he's, he's all right being like a number two, you know, not the front three. He's all right with coming on, doing the cups, uh, and that bodes well for the squad. But yeah, I mean, the, the numbers are, <laughs> I mean, good. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, he's the fourth top scorer for Liverpool this season. I mean, that says it all really, doesn't it? I mean, it's pretty bonkers, isn't it? If you if you if you ignored his name and just just sort of looked at you know just the pure raw numbers, irrespective of where they've come from, it's I think you'd be happy with that goal rate from any one of your strikers, uh, let alone your um, what is effectively I suppose your sixth your sixth choice attacker. Um, but absolutely tremendous. I, I mean, it, it'd be unfair, of course, to put the spotlight sort of entirely on Minamino as as well deserved as it is. Uh, I mean, Mick, I, I want to talk to you briefly about sort of. Um, Joe Gomez's performance because it's another name. I mean, we look we looked at him, you know, the title winning season, and I don't think any of us sort of thought, you know, could foresee a situation where Virgil Van Dijk wouldn't be partnered with Joe Gomez, and I think he looked absolutely tremendous against Norwich yesterday. Yeah, I think he had a, he had a few good moments, a few shaky moments, but I think we just need to have a bit of a bit of patience with Joe Gomez. Really, like the the injury he suffered, like patella tendon, was it? That's not something you come back from quickly. That's not something you come back from and you're, you're up to speed straight away. It's worse than an ACL. So it's, it's going to take time. Um, I thought he was, yeah, he was good last night. I think I saw some guy on Twitter put loads of stats up about like his ball recoveries and his passing. Passing was good in terms of numbers. I think there was a few shaky ones where he gives them away and puts us under pressure. And then there's the, obviously the moment with the goal where he doesn't, maybe doesn't close down quick enough. But those are the type of things that we know how good Joe Gomez is because in the title, in the title winning season, he was just imperious next to Van Dyke. So he set the bar high for himself. So we expect a lot from him. So he's made a rod for his own back, really, in that regard, because we know how good he is. But you've got to factor in the, the long term injuries coming back from it. He's playing games now. I think he, that was his 15th game last night, which says a lot because he hasn't played that much. Uh, 
But for me, like, I don't think there's going to be any conversation where Klopp says to Gomez, oh, we're looking to let you go. There's absolutely no way. We need to see what he's going to be like in pre-season. I think that's where we see the best of Joe Gomez. I think when, once he's had a proper pre-season and he's, he's got a lot lot more football in the legs and I think, he's, he's I mean, he's, he's bad in his time. He's, fought, he's now fourth choice for us, which is mad because obviously Matip's kept himself nice and fit and has been has been unbelievable this season and same for Canate when he when Canate's come in he's looked amazing as well and it's just it's just been timing obviously after the, the disaster of last season with centre halves and we're now gone from the famine to the feast really which is a nice problem to have but I think Gomez just kind of baby steps for Joe Gomez I think just needs to need I think patience is the key thing and I don't know you spend a lot of time on social media patience is the last thing you see but we, that's what we need to do with them and we need to just persevere because we know there's a top top player in there and it'll if we give them enough time and, and enough games to keep them taking over that, that that top player will come back out again there's been a lot of conversations hasn't there I mean it, you're right to mention patience and I think that's certainly a virtue that that's um a, a, an abundance in the Liverpool squad when you look at players like Taki Minamino Joe Gomez uh Keevan Kelleher um I think, you know, Klopp was questioned on this after the match, with, in particular with Taki Minamino, you know, going, he, he contributed a great deal in the League Cup. You know, was he, you know, not a bit sort of heartbroken to not be involved um, in the final? Um, you know, Klopp sort of rubbished it, obviously, and sort of went, well, he's not that kind of player. He's not one to hold a grudge. He just puts his head down uh, and just works hard. And, you know, as as you, everyone has pointed out, you know, he's, He's put on, you know, muscle. I mean, that was apparent from preseason. Uh, let alone at this point in the in the, in the season, you know, he he has put on muscle. He's grown. He's clearly come back with a view to challenge challenge um, the starting front three, and it's paid off for him. And it's paid off for him in the cups. And you know, he's he's evidently just a, you know a really sound squad player. Now, before we move on to the West Ham side of things. Um, There's been, of course, an update on the European Super League front. Uh, It is back and it is back with a brand new track, Uh, specifically, according reportedly to freelance journalist Hadrian Grenier. um, There's been some proposed changes. Uh, Now, they've abandoned the breakaway league format, it seems, and gone for um, more of effectively what seems to be a, a clear alternative uh, to UEFA's format. So no permanent members, that's gone. Uh, and teams will qualify according to the results they attain in their respective domestic leagues. There'll be 20 members um, in presumably the Champions League alternate league um, with all leagues having a chance to win the place through the qualifying phase and then having a second league of 20 members apparently a reduced uh, number of matches, but we'll need to confirm that down the line. Um, Pete, what are your initial thoughts on um, those conditions? Well, it's, <laughs> you feel like you can't say anything really about them because obviously the whole world hated them and rightly so for what they were trying to do. But at the, at the same time, you're for our angels, are we all know they're not, and you know what it's like when you play in the Champions League and the little consideration you get no final allocation tickets and just anything like that. So I think the idea of something new isn't a terrible idea, but I just think it's never going to work because it's it's this, it's in this format and from these people, you know, it's you can't just suddenly go, okay, yeah, you know, this plan that we had that everyone hated, oh yeah, we knew that was bad all along, there's a new one. You know, they just, we all know what they're in it for, it's for money, but obviously it's what everyone does and 
they want the the best teams playing each other, and but it's basically just what we're doing already. It's the Champions League, and that's the best competition in football. And I think it's it's hard to say that we're going to bring something else in that'll beat that because it, it's not just going to everyone's not just going to drop out the Champions League at the drop of a hat. It's going to take a while for it to happen, and UEFA are going to fight it. And I just don't see anything working, especially when it's from the same people and in the same name as where it all went wrong last year. So I think. I'm not against UEFA losing some power and FIFA and whatever, but I just don't think the people who should be taking it are the ones who tried to fleece the supporters and ruin the competition of football not so long ago. So I think, you know, it's maybe a bad idea from the, sorry, a, a not a bad idea from bad people. So I don't think it's going to happen really, but yeah, we'll probably watch this space and wait for the money to talk. There seems to be a lot of, rotten eggs about and obviously one of the uh, leads on that would be uh, Florentino uh, Perez from Madrid um, is one of the one of the band calling for such changes uh, Daz I mean, can, can we trust anything that comes out of this group with regard to the proposed changes you, you know would, would it can can you foresee um, a sort of an acceptable plan coming from this or is anything uh, the likes of Perez touch uh, bound to be tainted not a chance. I would not listen to a word that man says. Uh, it's all about money, isn't it? I mean, you've got the the three, Juve, Barca and Madrid, and especially Barca and Juve, they've got money problems. It's basically, to me, about them and putting money back in their pockets. Uh, it, it's just a bad idea all around. Um, I'm, I'm hearing they want to do two... Super leagues with twenty in each each one. Um, I mean, isn't the whole thing of the Champions League is getting you know the champions of each league, whether whether they're big teams or not, and being able to play and go to these places and their supporters being able to see teams like Liverpool play against them. That's what I love. Uh, you know, I I don't want to see Barca play Liverpool you know, every other week or Madrid, Liverpool, it's, that, that's not football to me. You know, when we played and beat Barca, you know, 4-0, I mean, you really wanted that, that one time. I don't want it every, you know, once a month. It, it, it just takes the heart and soul out of football. And it, it is, it's all about, all about the money and that's sad. But, I mean, but yeah, it's exactly. a political thing as well, isn't it? I mean, you've got UEFA battling FIFA, you know, for, for all these tournaments. Like we talked earlier about the World Club Trophy. They want to do 24 teams. And if you have the Super League as well, and then the World Cup, they're talking about doing it every two years. Like Rick, Rick said as well, you're going to have to do the NFL thing and have two different teams, one for Europe and one for domestic. It, it, it's just, nah, I mean, nobody apart from Perez can listen to that man. The initial, yeah, the initial proposal was a bit horrifying. On this basis, you, 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 I suppose they've gone for a bit of a compromise. You'd have a sort of league format for the qualifying phase and then back to a normal knockout phase, effectively. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, Mick, what would they need to put on the table to convince fans that this is a good idea I mean, is there anything they can put on the table? I don't think so. I, I just think the lads have summed it up perfectly. I don't. I haven't got that much to add. I agree completely with what everyone's just said. Uh, it's just been the whole thing's been tainted with with what's happened previously, and I don't think 
I don't think, especially uh, our owners anyway, we're not going to get involved in anything like that. I like to think so anyway, after what happened, what happened with the last one. And I just think, like like Pete said, like they've put this offer on the table last time because they thought that was the best way to maximise money and maximise whatever that whatever little agendas they've got going on. That's the, they've they've de- defaulted to that position to try and to try and maximise that. So now that their hands have been burned, they're trying to do something different. So no, I mean <laughs> it might still happen, and obviously there's going to be a massive backlash if if something does get proposed. But I don't see it. I, I can't see anything. Um, being coming over, hopefully not anyway. You mentioned the backlash, and obviously there was such a severe backlash to an extent that uh, FSG and the rest of the uh, top six as owners sort of went took a step back and go, oh, you know, maybe we don't want to be, you know, seriously investing in this along with the likes of Madrid and Cohen, you know, and you sort of get the impression that, you know, once we get a clearer idea uh, of what this new proposal will exactly entail. Um, if, if fans don't like it, and certainly the chances are pretty high, uh, the fans won't like it. I, you, you, you know, would be. It's a safe bet to assume that FSG will listen, even if they mistakenly, you know, leap for it and, and go, and, you know, seize the chance at a um, bigger revenue source. Uh, we'll see, of course, and keep everyone updated as and when that comes. For now, of course, uh, we've got a league fixture against West Ham United to look forward to. Six points behind Manchester City, Pete, but another big opportunity to cut down the deficit. Yeah, well, we, we know what the rest of the season is. You, know, you probably just, whatever I say for the next minute, just copy and paste for every game because it's they're all massive. We can't lose. We've got to win. Score as many goals as we can. Hopefully City slip up. That's just a mantra of the Premier League season and maybe even the Champions League. We don't want to draw them either. So it's just a matter of, going and winning every game we can we're in a great run of form all the squads playing well everyone's going to be desperate to play and obviously you know the likes of Van Dijk Salah and all that getting a rest last night that's going to be great for them to come in firing against West Ham and you know it's just yeah that's what you can really say isn't it we've just got to win West Ham are good obviously they didn't do that well in the cup last night but they're, they're still chasing Europe themselves and you 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 wouldn't really probably want to play them. Obviously, they're one of the two teams that beat us this season. So we've got to make sure that we make sure you know, we get them the, the right revenge and, and get as many goals as we can. It's at Anfield under the light. So you know, I think this is where every game, the atmosphere has got to be massive. I think it will be. And it all starts from Saturday up to the end of May. And let's see where we end up. I mean, Pete, you're right. The, the messaging has been pretty consistent uh, from the side. Always look ahead to the next game. Always look ahead to the next game. I I think, you know, you could forgive the players for certainly having in the back of the mind the fact that, you know, we win this one. We're only three points behind um, City. Uh, And speaking of City, Daz, you know, obviously we're going to play West Ham before City play their game on the Sunday. It's at the Manchester Derby, of course, a pretty big one uh, for both sides involved. Uh, The the reason why I'm interested in this is because obviously we look back um, to the last time we played a game before City, and I think it was the the 3-1 win over Norwich. Um, City obviously then go on to uh, uh, drop points against Tottenham, and there are suspicions about whether um, the pressure's starting to get to City and Liverpool having their game first, and then the the mentality around that. Could, Could you see a similar sort of situation arising here if we do get all three points against West Ham? And I'm I'm happy we're playing uh, before them because you know as we've seen City have seemed to be playing before us like the last month or so. So I mean going into the game, it's it's good to be only six points behind 
drop it down to three instead of going into the game, looking at it going nine points behind. Um, is it advantage us? Um, I'll let you know at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say, but I, I, uh, I'm just glad it's not a 12.30 kickoff. Um, but I think the lads will be re- you know, raring to go. Uh, all our key players have basically been rested. And, you know, I'll, I'll echo what Pete said. It's just win, win, win from now Absolutely. until the end of the season. Absolutely. And, and, and speaking of winning all the time, uh, Mick, we've got three days after, we've got the second leg of the, our Champions League clash with Inter Milan. We're obviously going into Anfield um, with a 2-0 lead, but, you know, Copper want to take this one pretty seriously. And, and with that in mind, with only three days separating those games and, you know, us wanting to certainly keep the pressure on City and, you know, make sure we do get through to the next stage of the competition in Europe, uh, how do we... How do we look to set up here? You know, are we going to go full strength against West Ham? Is it going to be a few, you know, a bit of mix and match? No, it's got to be 100% full strength against West Ham. It's got to be. Doesn't be very surprised if he throws like a, I don't know, Morn in there or whatever, you know, something like that. There's no chance that's going to happen. Um, but I think, like you said, the, the Inter game, we're 2-0 up. So I think we could, we could go a little bit weaker than that I think especially because we're our own we could we could maybe not too many but maybe like two or three we could we could put on the bench and give and give maybe Tachy a game or something like that in, in a game against Inter but West Ham like the lads have just said like we need we need to be winning like I would I'd love to be winning this game and obviously then City losing and then we would have been two points closer if the the, uh, the handball was given like at, uh, at Goodison Park but yeah I still can't believe that but um yeah, I mean, West. I think, like Pete said before, it's it's it's. I want I want to beat West Ham for revenge as well because that game at their place that was one of the most annoying defeats for a long time for me because obviously the OG Allison and he, he doesn't get a doesn't get a free kick for it and we had some good moments obviously Arigi and scores a good goal towards the end and whatever so there was good some good bits but it was a one of those games where you watch it you watch it back and you're like that is just so frustrating. And I've been waiting for this game to come back around. And the fact that we're in, that we're in the position that we're in, we need to win. Also that it's West Ham. It's kind of doubly for me. And, and like Pete said, like under the lights and we're at home. Atmosphere should be good. Bang up for it. We're playing before City. And like you said, Farrell, if we if we win and then uh, we're only three behind, City might get a little bit nervous going into that derby. Uh, and, and we saw them got beat by Spurs. No one expected that. And, and hopefully something can happen again. Uh, but yeah, it's as strong as we can. Anything other than that would be would be crazy. No, absolutely. I mean, I mean, obviously, it's not City's first rodeo as far as, as, far as a uh, title race is concerned. But as Pep Guardiola um, eloquently put it the other day, we are uh, the eternal pain in the ass uh, of Manchester City. I, I mean, Pete, Mix made it pretty clear there. You know, reckons we'll start strong. I, I, I presume we will. What, what what sort of team can you see Klopp putting out? Yeah, well, you know, we've we've rested, haven't we? I think we've we've had that chance. You know, everyone pretty much should be ready to play. Obviously, you've got no Bobby. Probably wouldn't play Jota if because he, he's just played in the week and he had that injury. And Thiago was out, but I don't see any reason why anyone else wouldn't play. Maybe a chance he doesn't play Hendo because he played again for for an hour yesterday. But obviously, Fabinho's going to be in there. It'll probably be the same front three we've had for the last couple of games: Diaz, Mane, and Salah. 
And the only question is probably what it is every week is just who he plays in the midfield. And hard to know. I think probably, I don't know, it's hard to guess it. Possibly Hendo started, I'll just say he wouldn't. Um, and then, you, you know, I, I thought Curtis Jones played really well, but he's just picked something up. So it, it's going to be a treat to them. Keita did do quite well in the final, so maybe he'll just repeat the final team again. But, you know, the good thing is a lot of our midfielders are all good enough to start. So it's just, as long as we've got that defence and that front line in, I think whatever three puts in, we should be strong enough. And, yeah, you know, getting revenge would be a good one. It was on my birthday as well when we beat us last time, so I'm out for revenge as well because they ruined my birthday and my birthday curry. So hopefully we um, get a few goals past them. I can have a celebratory curry this time instead. There's a consistent theme developing here. It's it's lovely to see and hopefully we can see that fulfilled um, at the weekend. Daz, I'm just going to come here to you lastly about the team. Are you expecting any surprises there or just full strength? Uh, full strength. You know, I, I think it'll be uh, in, in midfield. I, I don't know if Hendo will start though because, he, he, I mean, he did, you know, the cup final then the Norwich match. So it'll be uh, Keita, uh, Fabinho, maybe Elliot. Uh, uh, I don't know, but yeah, false chance. You got to. Uh, I, I wish like we could rely a bit more on Ox. Uh, I mean, again, you know, going back to the, the Norwich match, that was a game where he, he should have, you know, done much, much better in. And uh it's just sad to see how he how he's kind of gone downhill. But um, yeah, full strength for me. Uh, again, every single Premier League match, full strength till the end of the season. We've certainly got the squad for it. Ox, sadly, is just one of those players. I think he just needs a regular run of games. And once he gets that regular run of games, it's actually um, quite brilliant. But, um, you know, obviously the problem with having as much quality as we have. If you view it, of course, as a problem, I'm, I'm sure it's given Klopp a few headaches of late. Um, is that the likes of Oxford chamberlain are reduced to these sort of sporadic appearances? Uh, but while I've got you, Daz, we've come to that sort of um, joyous and uh, nerve-wracking section of the podcast for some. Uh, what kind of score uh, what could you foresee us uh, grabbing? I don't predict. I've never predicted one match in my life. Um, yeah, and I'm not going to do it now. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Don't okay. put me in the spot. <laughs> we're we're going to win. Uh, we're we're going okay. to win. I just we'll take that. We'll take that. And and if we win, Mick, what score will it be? <laughs> I don't predict either. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, pre- I predict wrongly every every single week. So it's a gamble, so. isn't it? Um, I'd absolutely love to. Absolutely better than 4 0. I'd absolutely love that. I just feel like, yeah, if we get an early goal, then yeah, I think we could go three or four, three or four nil, hopefully get that goal difference up even higher. Um, but I'm just sneaky feeling they might score. So I'm, I'm going to go 3 1 actually. Hopefully, their one's a consolation, like last minute or something like that. But yeah. I like Bauer and goal, perhaps. Give us, give us a little look at uh, um, our potential transfer target um, if the links. Uh, Continue into the summer. Um, how about you, Pete? What you, what you're saying? Are you going to go big and bold? Oh, I just think like I might just keep doing it, yeah, because I don't really <laughs> like predicting either. So if I just yeah, we'll win six nil. I'll just say that, and that, that seems good. Done it. Salah will get today. Diaz will get two, and then Allison last minute headed again. Let's have six nil sorted. Why not? 
just be confident. We're going to win every game, and hopefully that means we'll win the league. That's that's what you got to do, isn't it? I have that belief. We'll take that. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll go cleanly between the pair of you, and I'll go for a. I'll go for a four-one. I think I agree with Mick. I think there's definitely going to be a West Ham goal. I, I just think with the full strength Liverpool team, you you know you've got over the hangover of the League Cup with that Norwich game. I, I think we'll be raring to go. And as as you've all you know rightly pointed out, there'll be a revenge theme. You know, the clock returning the players. Come, we've got to make up for this. Let's keep the pressure on City and let's just go for it. But yeah, no, thank you all for coming on today. And Daz, I'm just going to start off with you. Anything going on in your life, the podcast, any exciting upcoming projects you'd like to share before we all call it a day? Uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we just had Peter Moore on. Um, he was absolutely boss and uh, he's actually coming into town. Um, his missus is actually from Austin. Um, that's where, where I'm based out of. So I'll be seeing him down the pub against Brighton. And um, we got Jamie Webster's also in town for, we have a music musical festival called South by Southwest. So uh, I'll be having some scram with him. But um, on, on the podcast, we got Phil Thompson coming up. Um, Dave Critchley, um, the chef in Liverpool. Um, hopefully he's going to save me a table when I'm back home in May. <laughs> Uh, hopefully <laughs> and uh, John Charles um, a, an amazing artist uh, he's a scouser but he's a Blackburn Rovers fan for some reason and um, I, I had a good chat with him so uh, yeah those will be the next three uh, episodes coming out so uh, hopefully you know everybody enjoys them Blackburn Rovers fan you say it's interesting yeah. that one but we'll have to uh... <laughs> Well, actually, he told me it's because he dated a girl from Blackburn and to, you know, basically get in with the good graces. He supported Blackburn and he just kept on supporting. Oh, dear. What a mistake. I'm like, yeah, but you don't go out with her anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, fella. Come, come for the girls, stay for the football. Uh, you've, got, you've got to respect it. How about you, Mick? Obviously, you've had that absolutely superb uh, interview of Alex Horn uh, the other day. A- anything uh, you'd like to tell the fans about? Anything exciting projects? Uh, nothing confirmed. I mean, Dazza sounds good there. Can't wait to have a listen to them. Um, no, I'm working on a few, but nothing nothing confirmed yet. There's a few, few in the pipeline, hopefully. Uh, on famous fans because we've just done obviously like I said Alex on that was the fourth episode um, so we're still trying to get the fifth and the sixth and seventh but still very early days so I don't want to I don't want to jinx it by saying but work on a few footy players as well I think I mentioned last time Stiggin Bionaby that would be if I can get him that would just be top quality because he was a, he was a beast back in the day uh, and yeah work on a few others as well but yeah it's just in early stages but yeah um, yeah that's about it I think no fear with Jamie Webster for me this weekend or anything like that. Just <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just quite jealous of that. <laughs> <laughs> Daz, Daz has seems to have a superb couple of events lined up. We'll be keeping an eye on that, I'm sure. Uh, Pete, you know, we rarely give you a shout on this. Obviously, you work with me, but, you know, you're working on um, your second book, I believe, on um, players who uh, cross paths between Liverpool and Everton. Do you want to just tell everyone a bit more about that quickly? Yeah, but well, I think there's... I'm, I'm at the early stages. There's like 30 or of um, playing for both teams, but a lot of them are like early 1800s and stuff. So I'll, I'll mention all them and then just try and go from when it got a bit more serious to rivalry and yeah, just look at the players who play for both, trying to chase them all down and stalk them all to find the dresses and everything at the moment to get the interviews lined up. But once I've got that done, I'll, um, yeah, there should be a little chapter on each one. That, that should be coming out February next year. And I'm doing um, an autobiography with... 
Uh, Willie Stevenson as well, trying to get that lined up at the moment. Just because I thought he was in the 65 FA Cup final team. So, yeah, trying to get them to written up and also on the daily grind and part of the cup as, as we both are. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that, that's it. That's what I'm doing at the moment. And, yeah, going the match and enjoying watching Liverpool. That's, that's how life's going. So, yeah, nice one. Well, I mean, we've been absolutely loving watching Liverpool of late. First cup down, plenty more to go and um, you know we can hope we start things off uh, the right way against uh, West Ham with a, a big big win we'll see we'll be praying for a 6-0 win um, it'll probably be um, a bit more realistic closer to the 4-3 mark but we'll, we'll see where we go uh, thanks of course to Mick Moran of the Copite for coming on Daz O'Connor of Liverpool Connection Podcast Peter Kenny Jones and we've got Rick Elliott of course who's been producing this in the wings has been doing a stellar job thanks very much I've been your host Farrell Keeling and we've been the Red Nets Podcast take care for now.